Oh, God. Air conditioning, go! Mm. Oh! Mm. Wonder if that came through on the mic. Hope it did. Just cracked my neck. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Welcome to Jeff in Motion. Feels like it's been longer than a week since we last talked. Barely remember what I spoke about. Oh well, not important. Kinda, as I've been doing this, finding that I tend to do uh, kind of like a what's new in the Popular Outcast Productions family segment for the first few minutes of this, and well... I think I'm going to keep that up because, frankly, if you listen to this, you probably listen to some of the other podcasts on our network, such as The Popular Outcast, which is how we, how was our humble beginnings and humble continuings. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So this week, we launched two new podcasts. We launched uh, the Portable Power Podcast with uh, my co-hosting, co-hosted by my brother-in-law, Mark. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, Right now, they're releasing monthly. Who knows? Maybe if you guys give them a lot of love, they'll release more often. Um, I know I'd listen to it more often, but that's their prerogative. They can... I don't know if I use that word correctly. Whatever. Um, They're allowed to set whatever schedule they want. We're not taskmasters here at the Popular Outcast Productions Network. And we also released uh, What the Hell with Nathan Prell, a kind of a fun podcast by a bunch of people that make me feel a million years old. Uh, But Nathan Prell, uh, you'll recognize his name as being mentioned about once a week in the Popular Outcast podcast. Uh, He wrote the current theme for the Popular Outcast podcast and the Delusional Loners podcast. And uh, I would not be surprised if his themes show up on more podcasts of ours. Hell, maybe even not of ours. That would be pretty cool. <clears throat> Allergies have been really getting to me this year. It's never really been a uh, factor that I've had to deal with, but I'm just super sniffly, and I apologize if I sniff into the mic. Um, we've got... I don't know how much I can tease... But we've got a, at least two more podcasts that we're looking into putting out. We don't have a time frame. One definitely sooner than the other. Um, both from people you know, if you've listened to the Popular Outcast podcast. And um, both that we've actually had requests for to hear more from. So, hopefully, we'll do that. Um, I don't want to announce it. Or tease it in case the they end up not being able to do it, or changing the uh, hosting, like who will be hosting the podcast. So we've got uh, at least two more uh, in the works. That'll take us up to a grand total of twelve podcasts. I uh, I can't can't believe I'm going to say this, but whatever. Earlier this week on Facebook. I said, God damn it. I'm the worst. Anyway, 
I, I kind of said out loud to myself, out loud I mean typing and posting on Facebook, that in under a month and a half I went from co-hosting one podcast to helping produce over ten, and uh, my lovely wife appropriately called me on bragging right away, so I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's been a hell of a ride, fun ride. And it's still all sinking in that we're pull, bringing uh, the beginnings of our podcast empire to fruition. I'm not positive I use fruition in the correct... Whatever. You get it. Um, I don't know where that, where I was going with that. Anyway, on the uh, while we're on the topic of podcasts, the best thing you can do for a podcast uh, that you are a big fan of is, well, two. There are two things that are the best um, that are both pre- are equally important. One is to get on iTunes, rate it, and review it. Rating it is easy. You just pick an am- amount of stars you think it's worth. Reviewing, though, is the real important thing. If you take time and write a few sentences about your podcast, iTunes really notices that. So if you want them to get higher on new and noteworthy lists, on what's hot lists, um, if you want a bigger chance of them getting featured by iTunes, review, review, review. And um, it would be great if you did it for this podcast, but hey, maybe you just kind of like this podcast. Go, but podcasts you really love, really want to help out, for no price, you can go review them. The other thing you can do is if you have friends that ha- are like-minded and you think, hey, they'll enjoy listening to this, let them know. Tell them. Organic growth. That's what it's all about. The more people you get, the, the more likely you'll be noticed. The more reviews you get, it all feeds into each other. Snowball effect. That's how you become internet famous. Anyway. I'll just get all of the uh, semi-scripted stuff out of the way. Another thing you can do to help out the Popular Outcast Productions Network in particular is click on, is get, go on to the internet, click on the uh, post, or you could navigate to uh, any of our podcasts. Uh, You can go to popularoutcast.com, click on any of the big logos. Um, All of them that are on our hosting server which not all of them are, will have a banner at the bottom that is to click to go to Amazon. And we all know you use Amazon, but if you really want to help us out, you can go to popularoutcast.com, pick your favorite Popular Outcast Productions Network podcast, click on their logo, and then find the purple Amazon banner with the Popular Outcast's logo on it, and click it. This will take you to Amazon. You shop just like you normally would, um, it would help us out if you cleared your cookies first, and um, you a percentage of your purchase will go to us. Um, it's a small percentage, and that is intact onto your purchase. That is taken off of the um, basically. It's a fraction of what you spend. You spend the exact same amount you normally would. So, all right, those are all the ways. That's that. I'm done begging now. Although. 
one could really say that this entire podcast is just me begging for attention. But anyway, I don't have anything... Well, fucking... Okay, so the diet is going alright. It's going okay. Um, I'm down 12 pounds. It's cool. Um, I decided to try on my... Basically, I have four pairs of jeans in my house. Uh, well, five, technically. The pair that I told you that I tore down the crotch that I can't wear anymore, those are 36s. I'm also wearing a pair of 34s that I got fat in, so they are stre- very stretchy, and I can. they essentially became 36s. I then have a pair of 34s, a pair of 33s, and a pair of 32s. 32 is something that I will have to be, I will have to lose roughly, let's see, I'm at around 190, uh, 80, 70, 60. I'll lose roughly 30 more pounds to wear those. But the 34s, I'm like, hey, I might have this. So I decided to try the 34s on and they fit. They're a little tight, a little tight. I wouldn't call them me quite fitting into them. But I could, I could wear them if I had to for a day and not die. Then I look down. Lo and behold, I apparently tore a hole in the crotch of those two. So these skinnier pants that I've been kind of this bit like my goal. It's like, hey, I'm not going to buy new fat pants, you know, because the fat pants I'm wearing, are they've got busted out holes in the knees. My wallet, there's a hole in my back pocket that my wallet's almost fallen out of. Rather than buy a new pair of fat pants, I'll just, you know, shrink to I can wear my 34s. Nope. No, I can't do that. The first pair of pants that I have that doesn't have a fucking hole in the crotch are the 33s, which I'm going to have to lose probably 20, 25, 20 pounds before I can fit in those solidly. Which is not... Because I tend to plateau around 25 pounds lost where I have to exercise to continue to lose. So, yeah. I'm probably going to have to buy a pair of 34s if I don't want to walk around with a fucking giant-ass hole in the crotch of my pants. So that's a bummer. Also, I don't have a lot of money free. You know, it's all budgeted to food and gas and bills and fun stuff like that. So having to buy pants is not something I want to look... I'm not, not something I'm looking forward to. So that's Jeff's self-indulgent diet update um let's see move to my list see if there's anything that sparks a conversation don't think I'm quite ready for my open letter to my parents (laughs) quite yet I had an idea as kind of a gym special segment that wouldn't be in motion so it'd have to be a special segment but of having a podcast with just me and my mom, and uh, kind of, instead of doing the open letter, like, just as an episode, a normal episode, I could basically just confront her, well, you know, confront her about a lot of things in my past, things that I didn't like, things that I really appreciate, and um, see how that goes, but I just don't know if I have that in me. I can definitely say them where she might hear them, but to actually say them to her face, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. My list. 
Okay. I talk about self-confidence a lot um, and my lack of it. I tend to, when I'm in a down day, when I'm just fucking bumming out and cranky, uh, I tend to I tend to reach out to people close to me and bitch. And uh, I appreciate all the people that have stuck around and don't just cut me out of their lives because of it. But I'll be like, you know, oh, blank, you know, something will suck. And rather than listen to their solutions or their reasons for why I'm not correct, I tend to then argue as to why my life sucks. And uh, honestly, I don't know why anyone still talks to me, but apparently I'm funny. Anyway. (laughs) But it then moves from me being cranky and grumpy about something that I don't like to I get into, like, argument mode where I don't like to lose arguments. And I will then begin to meticulously and logically argue as to why whatever I'm grumpy about is true. To the po- I wish I could remember a specific example. But to the point where either the person will just give up and be like, yes, alright, your life sucks. You happy? Or they're like, dude, I don't agree. And I'll just be like, well, fine. <laughs> You don't have to. I still think that. God. I don't... <laughs> uh, I know if I weren't me, I wouldn't have time for my shit. Man. At least I can laugh at it. And analyze it. That's another fucking thing. I don't know... And this is going to probably sound super pretentious. But, like, I know I've got... I don't know if you want to call psychological problems or issues or hang-ups or whatever, but I'll do something, say, this arguing about my uh, life-sucking, and, like, upon retrospect, I can see that it's not a healthy thing to do. I know, uh, I know that if I were to see someone else do it, uh, I would know that it's unhealthy, and I can recognize that and analyze it, but then I can't then stop myself from doing the same thing in the future. So I feel like I've got this weird perspective where I make mistakes and am just a general nuisance to people. I can see that, but then somehow don't have the power to stop. Uh, Like, let's go before the diet, I would uh, binge snack a lot. And I mean, I know there are worse addictions than snacking, but I would get genuine, genuine uh, cravings for candy to the point where um, I would be unable to not stop at the Sunoco and grab myself a candy bar and a bag of chips. Um, fortunately, with the, with the uh, support, help and support of my wife, Aislinn, I'm, you know, I've got the, since I'm calling this a diet, I'm not just trying to eat better. Uh, which is so ambiguous, but it's like, I've got a very specific set of rules to not break. Because when I wasn't dieting, eating candy wasn't against any set of rules. It just was a bad idea. But 
you don't get in trouble for doing things that are bad ideas that don't hurt anyone but yourself. Although, yeah, you do. That's called, like, hard drugs. Well, whatever. The analogy doesn't exactly hold water, but what? whatever. So I'm able, but I'm like, I know as soon as I finished that fucking bag of M&M's, I knew that I shouldn't have done that. And yeah, it's fucking satisfying and the sugar rush is great. And if you pair a fucking candy bar with a bag of Doritos, it's some of the best fucking chemical, uh, rele- chemicals released in your brain ever. But then you finish and you look at that, that bag of, empty bag of Doritos and that candy wrapper and you're like, fuck. I can't throw that in the trash can of my car because then my wife will ask why I got them. And I don't have a reason other than, well, I wanted them. And uh, sometimes when I'm sad, I want candy. And that's not a good excuse by any means. But fortunately, I've been doing real well. Been doing real well lately. I only had one break since I started the diet and I got... An iced tea and Dunkin' Donuts with a bunch of sweet and low in it. Which, uh, that... Oh, that's just sad to the point where it's like, Well, I'm not going to break my diet, but I still have to have something pretend sweet. Anyway. Oh, God, nice turn signal, jackass. Sorry. Jeff in Motion. One of the few podcasts where you have the potential to hear a car accident in real time. God, that'll be the episode. Anyway, where the fuck was I? It doesn't matter. Oh, what else do I have on my list? I don't know if I'm ready to talk about that one. You know, yeah, yeah. I've talked, I've wanted to talk about body modification, piercings, tattoos for a while. Um, I know I touched on it briefly in an episode with uh, guest host Mike Carpenter on the Popular Outcast podcast, who is a big tattooed pierced motherfucker and a great friend of mine and just a great guy in general. Uh, we don't agree on everything, but whatever. Who does? Anyway. I... People... I picked... Okay. Where to start with this? I've always been intrigued by body modification, but it was very much on a subconscious level. Uh, I went to high school with Mike Carpenter. He was a year ahead of me, or two. I think just one. Not important. And uh, he will attest that even when I was, you know, super conservative Christian goody-two-shoes Jeff, I always was full of questions about his tattoos and piercings and just the semantics of it. And um, it's always been something that I've been curious about, but I never really actively looked into it because it just didn't seem like an option for me. And then I started dating Aislinn. Um, and she already had a bunch, like, more piercings than I was co- used to seeing and uh, tattoos. And I was like, wow, you know? I mean, it makes her hot as hell. I can't, not gonna lie. She's hot without that stuff, but it doesn't hurt. Anyway. And I don't know if that in particular attracted me. Um, I couldn't really tell you. I know uh, I talked about Aislinn and I's origin story on the Popular Outcast podcast. Maybe I'll talk about that more in depth some other time on this podcast. 
As you can tell, this podcast works really well as a supplement to the Popular Hubcast podcast. Um, I pushed this podcast on the latest episode of that, so it only seems fair for me to push Popular Outcasts on this podcast. Um, I think it's funnier than this one, so there you go. Anyway. Uh, brain. Where was I? Yes. So, I, you know, I've been dating Aislinn, man, a while. Okay, we started dating in September, October, November, December, January. Six months. I've been dating Aislinn six months, and, you know, asking questions about piercings, being genuinely curious. And on my own, and I can't stress this enough, because just by common use of logic would say that I started getting piercings and tattoos to impress my girlfriend. That, that makes sense when you look at it. But I will swear up and down I am not fucking lying. It was all of my own volition. Also with vegetarianism. Maybe I'll get to that this episode. Maybe later. And I was like, you know what? I think I wanted to get... I think I want to get a piercing. And then she's like, really? Are you sure? Because she doesn't want to be the girlfriend that pressures me to change and be like her. Which is another... You know, she's a keeper. That one. Aislinn's a keeper. And so, basically, um, I don't remember exactly how I decided on getting my septum pierced, like, before my ears or anything. I guess I figured, um, you know, if I didn't like it, no one would ever see the scar. Uh, so, whatever. Cool, cool. Oh, I know what it was. It was because I was working food service at Sheets and or Dunkin' Donuts at the time, and uh, piercings were really, there were really odd rules about them, and uh, I knew I could hide a septum piercing. I could flip it up in my nose. It's one of the beauty, the, be- the one of the beautiful things about that piercing. And uh, as I have discussed with Mike Carpenter before, it's a piercing that looks good on, I have, okay, let's put it this way, I've never seen someone that the piercing doesn't look good on. Uh, for the lay person, the septum is the quote-unquote bullring piercing. Uh, it's between the two nostrils of your nose. It's in your septum. That's the part of the body. Anyway, so I get that done. Uh, Asa and I, Asa had not had her septum done at the time, so Asa and I both get our septum pier- septums pierced uh, on Valentine's Day. How sweet, right? It was our, you know, our present to each other, from each other, septum piercing Valentine's Day. And, uh, I am a big advocate, because I got into piercings and whatnot later in life, um, I, I talk to people who are very knowledgeable about it, and uh, if you get a piercing in, like, a mall pagoda, I'm not, I, I don't want to talk down to people, because people just don't educate themselves. They're like, oh, that's the only place to get pierced. No, 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 no. Um, and the reason, like, getting pierced, okay, getting pierced with a piercing gun. This is the main reason it's not a good idea. Um, the jewelry... Okay, I'll list a quick list of some of the reasons why. Um, the gun is, has plastic parts, so they can't get the gun hot enough to like medically sterilize it. When you get pierced someplace that does it with 
piercing needles. They are metal. They put them in an autoclave, which get I don't remember what... The, I think it's like somewhere around 500 degrees or 300 degrees. One of those two. Um, where it gets hot enough that no bacteria can survive. No commonly found bacteria can survive. And everything is individually packaged. And, like, if you're going to a reputable place, which, do your research, people, you don't want to get hepatitis. Um, it's going to be... It's, if, if when you're getting pierced, it reminds you of the doctor's office, if, like, the smells and the procedures remind you of the doctor's office, you're in a good place. Because they're taking their shit serious. They don't want to give you a goddamned disease. Anyway. So, the piercing gun cannot be sterilized. They can be cleaned, but they can't be, by definition, sterile. Two. The... They pierce you with the jewelry, which... Yes, there is quote-unquote piercing jewelry, which is quote-unquote sharp... But it tends to be blunt force trauma, which is much harder on your body and heals a lot harder and tends to swell more. Uh, piercing needles are fucking crazy sharp. They cut into the body. They don't puncture. Well, I mean, it is technically a puncture, but they don't. Uh, it's not a blunt uh, tearing. Uh, it is a cutting. Um, it's not quite as quick, but it's not a long process. By any sense of the uh, words. Also, chances are, I mean, granted, this all applies to if you're going to a piercing, uh, a piercer who is reputable and not shady, because there are a shit ton of super shady, shitty piercers around, because specifically in our state of Pennsylvania, because that's not regulated at all, which is awful. Like, yeah, it'd be harder to become a piercer if it was regulated, but maybe it should be harder. I trust the guy I go to. He's done all 19 piercings on me. Um, 14 of which are still in my buddy. Uh, had some grow out that I need to get done again. Anyway. Uh, sorry for the uhs. I'm kind of spacey. Friday. You know, you know how it is. Where was I? But yeah, so, and you get one, and this is the way I like to put it. Oh, oh, yeah, I remember. And if you go to a reputable piercer, they've had training. Like, they go to seminars and get trained by, they do apprenticeships. Uh, piercing Pagoda, it's someone making mini- minimum wage that might have been trained for... 15 minutes on how to use the machine. So, yeah. Come on. Look at this. Just think. It doesn't cost that much more. It, I mean, granted, the piercing isn't free with the jewelry, but you're paying for someone to not fuck you up. Anyway. So, there was a phenomenon that happened after my first piercing, which is... When I looked in the mirror, I didn't like what I saw. I never have. I always thought, that doesn't look like me, or I don't feel like this person, or that person's fat, that person's ugly. Never once have I liked 
what I saw when I looked in the mirror. Until I had my first piercing. And when he put the jewelry in and showed me myself in the mirror, that was the very first time I said, Hey, I like this. I like what I'm seeing in the mirror. And I don't know if it's a superficial, like, I'm taking control of my body, man, and this is what the cool kids are doing. But that's not what it feels like to me. It feels like coming home. It feels like I've kind of found myself in this this taking control of my body and decorating it. And, um, I mean, yes, it could be just rationale for to myself because I don't want to admit that it's for shallower reasons, but that's not what it feels like to me. And, like I said, I've been pierced 19 times. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. And I'll get to the, like, the actual why I love the actual piercing process a little bit later. But it is, uh... I've taken, like, I really... I look the way I look because I chose to look that way, and it's great. And I love it. And, um... I don't, like... People with piercings get dirty looks, and they get kind of... Uh, stereotyped and yes that's annoying but I do have to remember I chose to do this to myself and yes while I feel that it is I am the truest me with the piercings I can't get too mad at people who give me shit for it it's annoying but whatever people are annoying um, I could talk about this for fucking ever I'll probably end up doing another episode uh, maybe I'll just talk about piercings this time and tattoos later tattoos but I just it's it does become a way of life and it's I love it I absolutely love how I look now as far as the piercings go granted I want to lose weight um, but I I've lost a lot of the issues I had with my face since I took control of it and what I feel became me um, if I have to take my piercings out for something, I, I don't like what I see. I, and like, even worse than before, I, I feel like it's missing. Like, I don't see piercings when I look in the, oh, there was a fox hit on the side of the road. That's a bummer. Anyway, I don't see a guy with a bunch of piercings. I see me. If I look in the mirror and my, I've taken my piercings out, I see a guy who took out a bunch of piercings. So I just don't like that. I just it, it, I don't feel it gives me a, just a sense of unease. I don't like it. And um, yeah, and it's gotten to the point where um, I've kind of grown a lot lately in the point where I don't hide anything um I don't lie uh if you have an exchange with me I'm gonna tell you how I feel um I try not to be a dick about it like some people are like what I'm just honest what what I'm just honest that's that's just someone who look is looking to be an asshole but uh wants an excuse for it uh but I try to keep it real, man. 
you know, keep it, merge, you dumb shit, fucking Honda Sonata, anyway, fucking people, <clears throat> where was I? Yeah, and to the point where, like, I've worn all my piercings to interviews, and it's just like, you know, this is the guy you're hiring. Uh, This is who I am. And granted, as I've gotten further in the graphic design, web design field, um, I chose, like, my choosing this field and all the piercings, I don't know if they direct, like, I don't know if they directly affected each other or if the same just life path kind of converged correctly, but me looking like I do is actually kind of a bonus in my field because they want, people are looking for people who are quote-unquote creative and quote-unquote unique, which I stand out, and my mildly bombastic personality will help me stand out as well. At times, I mean, I I respect authority figures to a point. Um, Until they lose my respect, then, woof. Anyway. But my my default setting is respect the people directly above me. Don't be a shithead. You know, I am the guy with a ton of piercings and tattoos, but I got a good attitude and a good work ethic, and I don't have a shirt that says, rape cunt or anything like that, like, it's gonna be like a button-down polo, so, you know, I, I dread, I, anyway, so people who are like, oh my god, you're ruining your life, you never get a job, you never get a job, oh my god, I, I get, I have a job that pays pretty well, um, granted, it's not quite enough to support a family of three, but if it were just me, I'd be living pretty well. Um, that's not a regret or anything, that's just a fact. Anyway, the feeling of getting piercing. Uh, people say, people, like, say it's addicting. That's not quite the correct term, but I do, with each piercing I get, I like it more, and it's not like a, ooh, I'm in the pain, you know, come on, get out the nipple clamps, baby. It is, it's the entire experience, and I'm going to try and walk it, walk it through it, um, you know, you, you spend months deciding, you know, if you want to get a a new piercing, or your next piercing, and you look into, like, you know, what kind of jewelry am I going to wear in it, where would I want this, you know, eyebrow piercings are kind of trashy, I don't like the way they look, um, or, and I don't think it would look good on me, but you know, you know, this one, I, I'll use my bridge of piercing, which is the one that is between my eyes as the current example. It's like, you know, I've seen a lot of these and I like the way they look. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to give them a shot. Then you research it. You're like, you look at people, other people who've gotten it. You look, you read testimonials. Um, this is my process, by the way, not everyone's. Um, impulse piercing and tattoos are what is making, giving everybody a bad name. Anyway. You're like, oh, you know, some people have issues where, um, since it's not through, like, since it goes in, it's a surface piercing, which is it goes in skin and out of skin, which, duh, that sounds like every piercing, but it doesn't go, like, through a lobe. It stays on one plane, basically. It's a flat piercing, not a, like, straight through something, like a lip 
or an ear or the septum. Um, I don't know if I explained that well, but whatever. Um, so people like, you know, sometimes if it's not pierced deep enough, it will grow out. But if it's pierced too deep, it'll like rub on the bone and that's not a good thing at all. And it can be very uncomfortable. And, you know, if you wear glasses, it can make it the healing hard. So that, you know, that's all stuff you got to look into. And there are some people that since it is a new thing that is constantly in the peripheral vision, um, it, it really wigs them out. It gives them headaches. So this is all stuff like, okay, am I prepared? Like, do the pros outweigh the cons with this piercing? I, for this particular one, I decided yes. There are others where I did not decide yes. Anyway. So, uh, you know, all right, I'm going to do this. I go in and I talk to my piercer. Not every, like, not everyone has such, uh, like, quote-unquote brand loyalty to their piercer. I've been pierced by one man. Um, John Santucci. Fucking motorcycle? That's not a, that's the side. That's not a, a lane of traffic. Dick shit. Anyway, you know, John Santucci, or Tucci, or Tooch, um, pierces at Totem Tattoo in Shemokin Dam, Pennsylvania. Fucking love the guy. Nicest guy on the planet. And, um... He started tattoo or started sorry piercing as I started getting pierced. He had been piercing for a couple months, couple weeks, and when he pierced my septum, I believe I was the second or fourth early, first five people he ever pierced their septum. So like one, I'm forgiving if it's a little crooked or anything, which it wasn't. It's great, um, but like as I've grown into my, you know, the piercing culture, every piercing has been done by this man who was growing in becoming a piercer at the same time. And I've got a very strong relationship to, I mean, that man has put pieces of metal in my dick. I've got a very strong relationship with this guy. I love the hell out of him. Anyway, (laughs) maybe genital piercings is for another day. I don't have that long of a drive. But okay, so I go talk to Tuchez, like, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Because any amount of research I do, he's done more and talked to actual piercers and, like, has firsthand information on how it's done. And if it's, well, like, I know my wife was looking into getting her cheeks pierced uh, because she has dimples and that tends to look good um, with people with dimples. But he said, no, I will not do that to you because um, I, don't have, I don't have enough verification that you won't drool out of the side of your mouth. And I know that there are nerves there that I could hit that could cause your face to go numb forever. So no, I'm not going to do that. Not yet. And if you have a piercer that's going to say something like that to you, you know you've got someone who really cares. Because there'll be people like, yeah, sure, fuck it. I've never done that before, but yeah, I get the idea. So, no, that's not somebody you want to put a fucking piece of metal in your face. You want somebody who really cares about you and about the process and about the art and craft of piercing. Anyway. So I go, I talk to him, and I was like, you know, bridge piercing. Let's look into this. He's like, all right, okay. And he lays out a price for me and what kind of jewelry I, jewelry I would probably like. And he's like, you know, 
this is, let's, you know, whenever you're ready, you let me know. And um, so I didn't get it that day, but a couple weeks later, I had the money sitting around. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So I go in, and this is like, so that's, there's a whole giant process before you're even in, in the back room getting pierced. But the back room getting pierced is the thing that just fucking love. Um, you sit, you go back, and he's got an old doc, uh, doctor's table. And you sit on that, and it, there's just so much ceremony to it. He, he puts on gloves, he washes his hands, puts on gloves. It smells like a doctor's office because he's got so, so many, like, he washes his hands very frequently. He's got so much soap. Then he's got a tray, like a dentist tr- tool tray, and he lays like that the that paper you only see at the dentist like the it's got the plastic over it and it's got like the waffling on it just the sterile paper and he puts uh you know he'll put the needle down he'll put the jewelry down these are each in individually sealed packages uh sterile packages which he'll undo he gets out the lube uh it's basically vaseline for the needle um he sets down any tools any clamps any measuring tools he needs and he lays them all out in a row, and there's a lot of, like, ceremony to it. It's the same way every time. Um, then, and, I mean, I'm not going to get it so lofty as to go into, like, rites of passage, tribal uh, metaphors or anything like, like that, but you easily could. You easily could. Because just, this is, you know, the modern tr- equivalent, but I'm not going to get into that hippy-dippy shit. This is just why I like it. And then, you know, he does... And then he's always... He's got very calm. He, he's talking to me the whole time. Um, making jokes. But then it's time to get serious. And he grabs a marker. And he puts dots where he wants the piercing to enter and exit your body. Um, and then, you know, he'll show it to you. He's like, do you, do you think this is straight? And he'll use, like, a micrometer to make to measure how far apart the dots are or how thick your your lip or your ear is so he knows he's a fucking he's a professional goddamn piercer he's doing his job right so then you know we've got the dots on we've got it all measured and then we're we're it's go time uh particularly for my uh for a lot of my piercings there's a clamp involved which is kind of like the uh, the doc the doctor's scissor clamps. I don't know what the technical term is for them right now. I'm sure I could remember, but uh, he uses those, or there are ones with like a kind of a square tip that has a hole through it, so you can you know run the needle through. And for the bridge piercing, he clamped the skin where my bridge was going to go, um, which I mean it doesn't it it's not comfortable by any sense of the word. But it doesn't hurt, hurt. I mean, if I if it hurt, hurt, I wouldn't get any piercings. Anyway. So he clamps it, you know, so one dot is in one side of the clamp, and the other dot's in the other... You can see the other dot on the other side, and what he's got to do is just run the needle through. And then this is the beautiful part. This is the part that I can't live without, that I absolutely love, and I don't think I'll ever stop... I'll ever stop wanting, is... He's like, are you ready? And you go into a... Uh, I, okay, I'm not going to say you anymore because this is ju- maybe just me. But there is a... I've not... I've never tried meditation. But I imagine that this is what it's like. There's just this silence. 
because he's concentrating very hard. He's going to do the job goddamn correctly. And there's this moment right before you say you're ready where you just kind of, your, your entire being is focused on this one moment. Um, and you're just like, I know I get very quiet. I get very reserved. Um, it's not a fear thing. It's just like, okay, this is happening right now because it's a very intense feeling. Um, it's pain, it's pain, but it's not unbearable pain. But anyway, so I'm preparing like, okay. And I tend to focus on the area where, I mean, the clamp is there, so that that's pretty easy to focus on. And then you say yes, and in, he, like, in one swift movement, he just, he breathes out and, you know, put, shoves the needle through your skin. And it's a very intense feeling, but that's the only thing you're feeling. And, um... Here's the line, that the titular line that I wrote down in my notes. Only this feels like this. It's, it's an experience that only that feels like that. The whole ceremony, the whole, but like the specific feeling of a piercing needle going through your skin, in and then out, only that feels like that. And it's very unique and very in the moment. It's one of the most in the moment feelings you can have. At least I've ever had. And it's just, it's so, and then it's intense, intense uh, sensation, and then just this release of, oh, it's done. You know? It's, it's past. I've experienced this, yes, I've experienced this once again. And it's a beautiful feeling. Um, almost tingly to a point. And I absolutely love it. And then, you know, he's got to run. He's got to put a taper in the end of the needle and then run the jewelry through. And then if it's, he either has to clamp the ball in or screw a ball in. So, like, you're, he's still jerking your face around a little. But then, you know, you look in the mirror and you're like, God damn right. God damn right. I like the way that looks. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And, and like, you leave. Yeah, I, I leave. You know, I go and I, I pay and I give Tucci high fives and things like that. And I, that, like, that kind of, that, man, that is fucking, there is only one thing like that feeling lasts for like at least an hour I'm just like fuck yeah fuck yeah that was awesome I love that and um like Tet and there's a there's very much a zen place this the of just being so in the moment and there's very much a zen of getting tattooed too um but it's it's over a much longer period of time and not as intense um, but where, like, getting a piercing is just, there's so much intensity in such a small moment that it's just so goddamn beautiful. I love it. I love it so much. But that gets to the point where I don't want to do it just to do it. Like, you've heard my process. I think everything out. I'm, 
but it's getting to the point where I don't know if I want that many more piercings because I don't want to be that that guy. I don't want to be the the sideshow guy. I don't want to get to a point where I look at myself and I'm like, oh, I I should have stopped a couple piercings ago. Um, I'm not there. I don't regret any of the piercings I've gotten. I like them all very much. And um, I'm sure I will get more um, where I don't know. And, you know, maybe it'll something will hit me in one of these days. Um, I, don't, I just don't have time to go into tattoos or other body mods. Um, so let's just do, do a quick uh, general piercings. Um, even when I was getting pretty deep into facial piercings, um, general piercings are like, no way, no way. Yeah, I'm not gonna put, I'm not gonna put a hole in my dick. I'm not gonna put a hole in my dick. It was very, it was, the argument was not terrible, was that much more than, no, 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 pee-pee, ouch, no. Um, but then, you know, like anything, I, and like, again, I can't stress this enough, um, I came to Aislinn first with all these things. She, and she was just receptive to my questions. But, eventually, I, lo- I looked into it, and I ended up getting, um, oh, fuck, I'm forgetting the specific term for the location, but it's often called a ladder, and it's several piercings down the underside of the shaft of your penis, and it's just in the loose skin, and honestly, uh, I got one done, kind of a test things out, not going for the Prince Albert, which goes it, which goes in through your urethra and then down through the ba- down through the bottom of your penis. Um, search Prince Albert piercing uh, when you're not at work. You'll see thousands of pictures. And uh, so I got the uh, one rung of a ladder, uh, where about where the base of my penis met my body. And it because it's very thin skin. Uh, it was the easiest piercing I ever had. It's so easy. I was like, well, shit. I ended up getting four more of those within a few weeks. Um, months, maybe. I don't remember. But the thing is, um, you know, Tucci was learning, and I don't know if I didn't um, wait a, a, a proper amount of time before fiddling with them or having sexual intercourse or what, but they started to get to a point where they were kind of growing out of my skin, and I got frustrated by the whole thing, and I, I took them all out, um, and I really, I, I kind of missed them, because, I mean, my dick looked cool, I liked it, I really did. Um, so then, I, I will get those piercings again at some point, and now Tucci's done hundreds of them, so... I mean, I try. I tr- literally. I don't know if I literally trust Tucci with my life, but I trust him to, you know, s- uh, precisely cause intense pain to my body, uh, and you know, put metal through my dick. So that's a lot of trust. That's a lot of trust. Um, he's the only person I have that trust for currently in my life. Which I don't know if that's an honor he would appreciate or not, but whatever. He has it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tucci. Anyway, and but I also got the Prince Albert piercing, which, um, like I said, look it up. 
it, you you probably know what what I'm talking about. And that I still have, and I really like that because it's kind of you know it just there's just something badass about it. And um, now, granted, that one is a more complicated process. They have to. It's basically the underside of the head of your penis uh, is where they pierce up through. But to make sure they don't accidentally nick the inside of your urethra, there is something called a receiving tube that is inserted um, a very short distance, mind you, into your urethra. But it's a little smaller than a mechanical pencil, the width, the width around. So that's not a pleasant feeling. And again, like the clamp, it doesn't hurt, but it's not it's not something... It, it, it's a intense feeling. Um, so that is inserted into your urethra, and then they put the needle through the bottom of the head of your penis, the thinnest part, um, and then out through the tube. And it's it's a it is probably one of the more intense. Like the actual piercing wasn't intense, but the piercing uh, receiving tube combo was definitely one of the most intense piercings I've ever had. And, um... Like, I just, I love, I just goddamn love the whole process. Um... Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I'd have my nipples done, but, uh, I have the kind of nipples that are basically all areola, um, the actual, like, nip of my nipple, they barely exist. Um, they are just, I don't know if you want to call them underdeveloped. It's not like you need them as a man, but they, I basically just have cartoon nipples. I just have, like, colored, slightly darker colored circles, uh, where my nipples are. Um, so, I don't want a piercing through the meat of my, uh, nipple, I, if, you know, because nipple piercings are commonly through the nipple part, the part that sticks out, so if I had nipples that were easily pierceable, I guarantee you they would be, but I don't, so that, I, is the note I have chosen to end today on, um, you're all very welcome, see how many listeners I have after that, ha, kids and family, all right. I'm going to fix my hair a little. All right. Nice Can't picture for the camera. Oh, there's my daughter and wife. All right. See you guys Monday.